Hi and welcome to Veg Out, the Toronto Vegetarian Podcast and radio show heard on CJRU 1280 AM The Scope. Happy New Year. It's our first podcast of 2019. My name is Jeanette. I am here today with Steve, Lisa, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Veganuary, but we also have a special guest with us today. We have Priya Rao, who's here. Hi, folks. And Priya is a podcast host. She's a television presenter, and she's also a vegan lifestyle connoisseur. She has a brand called What Priya Said, which just launched in September. You may also remember her from Avine Romance uh, and her appearances at Veg Food Fest, from the show The Drink, which was an exploration of all sorts of different alcoholic beverages. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, What Priya Said uh, today on the show. Thanks for somebody who does so much around drinking. I will tell you, I'm a lightweight. I'm a wonder of wonder, (laughs) but I just really like to try different things. So let's just qualify that. Okay. So uh, the the first thing we'd like to ask our guests is what their vegan origin story is. Yeah. Geez, it's like Wolverine. (laughs) If this was a a movie, who would play me? Maybe Priyanka Chopra. I like that. Let's just um, scale it up in terms of how uh, sexy and stuff I am in real life. Um, My vegan journey. Well, I became vegetarian when I was in my early 20s. So now I'm outing my age because now I was, uh, so I've been, I was vegetarian for about 18 years and then I became, I've been vegan for the last seven. So I don't know if that math works out. Math was never my strongest subject, but basically I've been vegetarian moving to vegan since I was about 21. Okay. So what sparked the transition from vegetarian to veganism? I never was a huge milk person. I didn't like drinking milk. I thought it was kind of gross to just take a glass of milk and drink it. So (laughs) really for me, um, and cheese, well, I guess I was young enough at that time. Well, no, I wasn't. I mean, seven years ago, I wasn't that young. But I'm not also a huge cheese lover. So it wasn't so hard for me. I know a lot of my friends who are vegetarian that is the thing that is stopping them from going all the way, so to speak. But uh, for me, it was like, I don't really care about my brie, and I care more about the fact that milk is kind of gross, and really only the babies of that mama should be drinking that milk. So that's all. And that was it. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, way back then. I, way back then, seven my, years ago. My, my, uh, I expected uh-huh. to miss cheese. Right. And what I missed when it turned out that once I did stop eating dairy, I missed butter. I'm past that now, but uh, at the time, I was caught off guard by that. But yeah. I think I have (laughs) mad respect for the real pioneers like yourself, Steve, because for me, when I started my journey, it was already easier. There were a lot of products, maybe not so many 25 years ago, but definitely as I became vegan, the amount of faux meats and everything that just made it an easier transition. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't so bad. I mean, the cheese, it was still hard to find cheese that I loved. But now that Kira Lancaster and I are besties and she makes, she's from Secret Vegan Cheese Club, I get all my cheese needs met. So it's good. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good hookup to have. That's a good yeah. hookup. Yeah. We've done some events together and we're going to be doing some more. So. Oh, yeah. Wine and cheese. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good, a good marriage. Yes. Okay. So you, so you, you are vegan, mm-hmm. uh, but you also have this online presence right. on Facebook and Instagram that you started with what Priya said. So what... Um, what prompted you to have that kind of outlet? Well, when a vine romance sort of winded down or wound down, um, <laughs> I 
was sort of left thinking, hmm, well, what do I now want to do? And I really wanted to focus much more on the vegan stuff because that's where my heart is. That's where my passion is. In my day job, I interview people in the film and television industry. So I really love to talk to people. I talk to actors and directors all the time. Uh, as part of First Weekend Club, I'll give them a shout out because if you don't see enough Canadian films, you should watch more Canadian films. There's some amazing ones out there. So I've been doing that for about eight years and I just wanted to transition my joy of talking to people, making them comfortable on camera or just in a radio interview and really exploring why everybody wanted to be vegan and how to encourage other people to, as I like to say, flirt a little with veganism. Because not everyone's ready to go all the way, but hey, maybe you want to just get to first base. <laughs> I'll show you how to get to first base. And when you're ready to go further, we can go there too. What's first base for veganism? <laughs> first base is probably cutting out like red meats. Okay. 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 Red meats. Maybe just all meats. Fish probably yeah. is next. Then dairy. That takes you to third okay. base and a home run. Guys, if you want to go for the full home run, then it's just all the way vegan. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have no knowledge of sports, so I don't know what the I next thing would be. <laughs> but like, what's like level 10 yeah. vegan equivalent yeah. in like sports terms? So it's like you don't... Oh, like, gosh. Yeah. I thought I some of the that. minor things... Well, f- not minor. Avoiding uh, <laughs> leather shoes is, comes somewhere. Uh, yeah. Uh, before cutting out dairy. Or, or like cruelty-free yeah. makeup and vegan yeah. makeup, too. And, uh, yeah, you know, and so I, and I cover all those uh, areas. It's not just about the food. Gelatin capsules are another one. Yes. Yeah. A tricky one, because you don't really think of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, but once you become conscious of it, it can be a, diffi- can be a difficult one, because some supplements do come in gelatin capsules almost mm-hmm. as a matter of course, and other ones you can't find. Them. Uh, you really just have to keep doing it yourself somehow or choose a different format like a powder or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i have an analogy for something else you said so meatless monday is like a first date oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i like that yeah let's keep riffing on this yeah (laughs) (laughs) social media any other ideas guys (laughs) we're like dating what's like what's like the uh, bumble or tinder for veganism Ooh, there should be one like an actual app like a one night stand like a Oh, just like I tried veganism, or I tried a vegan meal this mm. this day. That's, yeah. that's Tinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're gonna we're gonna riff on this. We're I like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's a brainstorm session. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what kind of people do you have you uh, featured already on what Priya said? Super cool variety of people. Like I said, mm-hmm. I don't always focus on just the food and the wine. Although the wine has admittedly become a larger part of things because <laughs> I just learned so much about it when I was doing a vine romance, and I really started to appreciate wine and the varieties that there are and just learning more about what makes wine vegan and not vegan and I think we can talk about that Mm -hmm. in a bit but I've talked to for example the first person I interviewed was a vegan goldsmith and she is a super cool amazing woman in the Prince Edward County area named Delaine Cooper you should visit her website she made this amazing ring that I'm wearing but she designs custom jewelry she can take jewelry that is uh, family heirlooms and transform it into a piece that you can use to remember your loved ones. Uh, so she was my first. I've talked to a master sommelier who, for those of you who don't know much about wine, to become a master psalm is the equivalent of achieving your PhD. And there are less than, there are fewer than 300 master psalms in the world. And so I got to talk to Jen Huther, who is here, right here in Toronto. We're lucky we have, I think, three in, in Toronto, three master psalms here in Toronto. So she talked a lot about wine and cheese pairing. She talked a lot about just vegan wine and how it's exploding as a 
as, as an area of interest in the wine world. Um, who else have I talked to? I talked to Dr. Pamela Ferguson recently on my Facebook Live. Um, those are, I think, those are some of the great ones. Kira Lancaster, of course, talking all about cheese. So we definitely have to, you know, give her a shout out again. And uh, there's lots more to come. I have a question. So yeah. with uh, cheese and wine pairings, mm-hmm. what do you look for for a good <clears throat> pairing? Well, re- regardless of if it's cheese or if it's dessert or if yeah, it's yeah. anything, you look for, there are two approaches to wine pairing. There's like meets like. So you want to sort of, if there's, for example, uh, if there's, if you're doing dessert, if you have a sticky toffee pudding, you're not going to go with a dry wine because it's going to clash. So you're not going to go with a red wine or something. It's going to be super too contrasty. It's not going to be very pleasant in the mouth. What you're looking for is something as sweet or sweeter than. Of course, champagne is the exception to all rules. Bubbly, sparkling wines can kind of pair with any food. But you really are looking for something like a port or a sherry. Could be a dry sherry, so it doesn't necessarily, you know, that's where the like meets like doesn't necessarily match. But you really do want to complement the flavors. The other approach is contrast. So, for example, if you're having really spicy Indian food, you're going to look for a wine that has a little bit of crisp sweetness to it to offset the spice on your tongue. Because if you go with a rich, robust red, it's going to just burn. (laughs) Burn, baby, burn. So what's the, where's the fine line between like contrast and clashing? It's a lot of it is personal taste because I might, for example, if you take that sticky toffee pudding, I don't like a huge amount of sweetness when, even if I'm having dessert. So I would probably go with a dry sherry okay. to have, to be my compliment because it has nutty tones in there. Uh, but it will complement the sort of nuttiness of the, the dish, mm-hmm. especially cause in my sticky toffee pudding, I put pecans. But some people might want to go with a port that's super sweet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. There's no right or wrong answer when it comes to wine. Is your sticky toffee pudding recipe somewhere you can share? I do have a recipe I can share. Yeah. Okay. I could do that if people wanted that. Well, it is time-consuming, but so worth it. <laughs> we'll put a link in the in the podcast notes for you guys if you yeah. guys want that. Sure. Since we are talking about wine, yeah. we often get the question about, well, wine, why isn't that vegan? Like, what about wine doesn't make it vegan? I know. Can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, why shouldn't sugar be vegan? Um, so there are a lot of things that go into into what makes wine not vegan. And there are a lot of different categories of winemaking. There is sustainable, there is biodynamic, natural, organic, and vegan. And none of the first four actually mean that it is vegan. The primary culprits are in the fining process. So there are three common proteins. They use animal proteins to clarify the liquid and to sort of have some of these, the particles stick to those proteins so that the fluid is clear because nobody wants to look at a cloudy glass of wine. And the common uh, elements that they use are egg whites, fish bladder, casein. Those are the three most common but you can make your wine vegan by using diamascus clay, bentonite clay, and other, you know, natural products, which a lot of wineries are moving towards now. And a lot of wineries always did. Is there a certification yet on like vegan wine? Like, can you go to LCBO and pick up a bottle and see? Right. No, there is not. And that's why most wineries don't certify themselves. There are certifying bodies. However, they are not controlled by any governmental organization, which makes it 
they are then just for-profit companies and people don't necessarily want to spend money just to get this random company to give them a certification because it's not controlled by anybody. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of uh, wineries now that will put the V on their wine or just write mm -hmm. vegan-friendly on the front or on the back. It's growing more and more. Nowadays, you see that in the LCBO all the time or wherever you're listening to this from. You do see the Vs on the bottles, but most people just don't want to go through the certification process. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about vegan wine for a long time, but we also want to talk about some of the other things that you have going on with sure. what Priya said. Uh, and when looking at your bio, like you have uh, a couple of projects that one is this year and one is maybe like more five years from now. Yeah. We want to talk about you opening a vegan B&B &B and then maybe yes. eventually an animal sanctuary. Well, like which vegan does not want to have an animal sanctuary? <laughs> I haven't met one yet, right? It's like my dream. But I do know a couple of people who have them. I mean, Edith from Farmhouse Garden Animal Home, who I'm sure you guys have spoken to. Have you guys spoken to her? No. Nope. Oh my gosh, you should. She's amazing. So that is a, uh, it used to be a cattle ranch. And then the the owner there was a calf, this is the story as I remember it, Edith, correct me if I'm wrong, but he just fell in love with this one calf and then he was like, well, I love this one cow, why am I doing what I'm doing to the rest of them? And then he turned it into an, a sanctuary. So that is my dream, but I know that it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not easy. So my first step towards that is to open this vegan sort of guest house that I want it to be like an Airbnb where people could rent it with their own groups, but I also want to hold a lot of vegan workshops there and work mm -hmm. and vegan wine tastings and, you know, food and wine, all sorts of things like that. And just make it a really great retreat place for people. I'm having a bridal shower. So I'm thinking maybe I want to. Yeah. Right. I am getting married in June though. So are you going to be open in spring? I'm hoping this okay. is, yes, this all is, right. if there is a knock on, <laughs> if there's any wood in here yeah. oh, on the floor, yeah. uh, <laughs> that is my goal is to open it in time mm. for this <laughs> season. Yes, absolutely. So I'll let you know. I'll hit you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have a place already? No, no, but I'm, I'm planning to open in the Prince Edward County area or Ooh. en route towards Prince Edward yeah. County, towards Ottawa, all of that there. I've been looking and I'm still looking. There are a couple of places I have in mind, but you know, you just want to find the perfect spot and that's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. Is it a place that you'd be living at as well? No. Okay. No, I would, I would be there for the workshops when mm -hmm. I host workshops or food and wine tastings, but it would be rented out otherwise. Okay. Yeah. Right, so that's a huge undertaking. Yeah, that's not as huge as the actual animal sanctuary because I love hosting. So for me, the hosting part of it is going to be a breeze. Mm -hmm. And, you know, furnishing a place and stuff, that also to me is just a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But I want to make it as eco-friendly, as vegan-friendly as possible. So I, it will not be rentable to people who are not vegan. Or if you're going to stay there, you're going to have to only be vegan while you're there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know that that's going to maybe cut out some audiences, but that I just don't want anything to do with, with that demographic in mm -hmm. a way. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah, yeah, but you're going to attract a lot of people who are going to go there specifically because they know that there's, there's I no meat so. on premises. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because I've heard from a lot of people that they just don't want to stay in a place where they know, where there's like an animal head on the wall, or, or you know, just they know mm -hmm. that... They just want a place that feels like home to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you do, I mean, it's it's fascinating because you have, like, interests in so many different places and right. so many different outlets. So I'm just curious about, like, like how you decide to, like, oh, I'm going to open up this Airbnb. But, like, you know, I guess I'm asking, like, your what's your 
background in doing these things or do you just kind of like learn as you go and be like, I have an idea, I'm going to research it, I'm just going to go and, and do it? A little bit of both. In terms of the B&B, I had a house that I used to have Airbnb in the basement. So I'm used to that aspect of it. So I don't think this would be too different, except that I wouldn't be on premises to make sure that people aren't <laughs> rowdy. But I think I would just have get a good feel for the guests before they get there, which was what I always did in my house anyways. And I never had a bad experience. Um, but really, I do like to just kind of, I don't know, ideas come to me and then I'm like, I really want to just do something that feels good. And I feel like this having a place where I could go with friends too and just re be there for a weekend or for a week. Um, but also just, I, I wanted a place that I could host wine tastings and host a jewelry making workshop with Delane and host a cheese making workshop with Kira and host all these cool types of workshops. So I was just like, well, I just think I'm going to do it. And I think there's an audience for it. And the more I talk to people, there is. Cool. And you do hosting now as well, so like mm -hmm. people can call you up and book you for events? Is that Yeah, I love to do all sorts of like yeah. private or public events. I really want to start doing monthly wine tastings with different food elements brought in there. But um, I would love to come to your bridal shower and do a <laughs> private wine tasting for you guys. Or, you know, just do something fun like that. Like I want, It's all about really showing people that you can have a great life and you will... It's, I toyed with the idea of calling myself the FOMO-free vegan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so don't worry about missing out on, oh, I'm going to miss out on great wine, or I'm going to miss out on great food, or how will I ever have sticky toffee pudding again? There is an answer for all of your questions. <laughs> so that's really kind of what I'm all about. Uh, when you went vegan, was your support group, like, did you have other vegans in your life? Was your family vegetarian? Like, what, how, did you hmm. feel isolated at all? Like, mm. No, I didn't really feel isolated. I I don't have m many vegan friends. I have more now since I since actually since I started this in September, I have made some incredible friendships and some really great female friendships. So for the women who are out there and are listening and are vegans in Toronto, there is we have a Facebook group called Vegan Lady Boss Toronto. It's a national it's an international organization that was started in the states, but there are chapters around the world. So we have a chapter here in Toronto and just trying to bring like-minded people together. So please join the group, Vegan Lady Boss Toronto, and we're trying to meet once a month or so and just you know see how we can support one another's endeavors and and collaborate. Uh, but I. I didn't feel left out. I just felt like it was a natural transition. I'd been vegetarian for so long, and it was becoming easier to eat out and have a vegan meal. Whereas when I first went vegetarian, I remember going to a place on King Street that is no longer there for my birthday, and I told them that I was vegetarian. Could the chef put something together for me? And I kid you not, he brought out a plate, nicely laid mm -hmm. out, but basically steamed vegetables. Oh, yeah. yeah. My yep. nightmare. Not even yep. any... Yep dressing <clears throat> like yeah. salt yeah soy sauce maybe exactly, you know right? it's not that hard it's not that hard Gosh. have a little imagination i get so frustrated with restaurants sometimes no, i went to red lobster for my christmas dinner oh. with my family mm. it wasn't my choice obviously. obviously um the options were a pasta with marinara sauce but it was like it was the one, the one from the kids menu so it wasn't even like flavored right. properly right. it was just like tomatoes yeah. uh and then a baked potato and i asked for veggies and like normally they had they 
cook the like I think they pan cook them in butter and I was like well you can do the same thing but just like with oil instead and I get these like shriveled up sad looking green beans and I was like what happened what happened between (laughs) yeah I was like you could steam them but like also like why are they shriveled like why are they so sad oh god it's so frustrating frustrating, isn't it but I love going to restaurants when the chef actually feels kind of excited to yeah. oh you're you're like challenge okay, well, let's yeah. see what yeah, we can do yeah. let's see what we can do you never know with a chef you, but but some of them are really out to lunch on it too oh, though, God. And, <laughs> and, and stubborn about it very stubborn this, I can't do that because it's not uh, you know, it won't come out right yeah and and you know better but you a little yeah. bit of the foodie ego but I guess there's you know if it's their establishment then. Yeah. You can do what you want and just say vegan's not welcome. Yeah, I guess that's right. Because yeah. then I don't want to walk in there and yeah, and um, like yeah. insult your style of food making if yeah. all you want to do is cook what you cook. But I also don't want to sit there and eat steamed green beans that are sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've well, also come like across chefs though that. Treated as an opportunity. Yeah. I've wanted yeah. to cook for vegans for a long time, and I haven't I had the opportunity, that. and uh, I've, I've come across mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to ask about yeah. like the social aspect of being vegan because it is veganuary. Right. So, the, and I, I think this year there's like a, a much bigger push and a lot more like kind of media attention mm-hmm. on veganuary, and a lot of people really want to try it. So, if people are listening <laughs> to this podcast who uh, maybe they're interested or they know other people who they've been trying to get them to go vegan. Like, what are some, like, tips that we can all give them? Because I guess that there's that feeling of, like, the FOMO that, like, I'm going to go vegan and I'm going to, like, miss out on all this stuff. So what mm-hmm. are some tips for people who are maybe thinking about it? Yeah, it depends, I guess, on which aspect of life you're looking at. And that's why I really kind of try to talk to people across all walks of life, whether it's food or wine, gosh, I'm sounding like a wino, or whether it's designers or makeup artists or whatever it is, because it's being vegan, for some of us, it's just about the food. For some of us, it's about my entire lifestyle. So I don't want to wear boots that are leather, but I want to wear cute boots. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to look fashionable. I don't want to look like a wheatgrass drinking hippie and (laughs) no offense to them right but if you want to be stylish that's what and i i hate that that is something that is going to prevent somebody from being vegan because oh i just can't find nice boots i just can't find good shoes so i talked to a woman who curates a great selection of shoes and cute boots not that i'm wearing them now but the boots i'm wearing are cougars that are vegan and their winter boots. Like so I like to cover all sorts of aspects of makeup too. There is no reason you need to wear makeup that is not cruelty free because mm-hmm. there are so many brands that are. So, you know, depending on where you're struggling, I think there are solutions to everything. So if you have questions or things you want to see reviewed, then by all means send me a note on Instagram or on Facebook and I will do a review and I will find a solution. For anyone who's listening who wants more cruelty-free or, like, a comprehensive list of vegan and cruelty-free brands, I highly recommend LogicalHarmony.net. They have a massive list, and they update it weekly. Actually, probably daily, uh, because they, like, that's, like, their their main thing. They just, mm-hmm. they just do Logical Harmony, and they have, like, a huge back and forth between the brands of, to make sure that they're totally vegan. They, there's, like, other things in terms of, like, 
you know, do you test? Do you pay someone else to test? Right. Or like, where do you get your ingredients from? Exactly. Do you know yeah. if those ingredients have been tested by yeah. third parties before? Like, it's like really intense. And like, I know that Tashina and Justin, they uh, when what was it, CoverGirl? Yeah, um, relaunched as cruelty free. Um, they were really hesitant at first because they were like excited that they wanted to know that like they actually went through the whole process right. of like revamping everything because they pulled out of China. They like re- they in they reformulated all of their stuff, right? Mm. So um, in the end, they were certified logical harmony cruelty free, which is like a huge thing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and it's whether like their parent company is yes. one that yes. Yes. tests on animal or not. And like so they when also Mac became owned by Estee Lauder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So disappointing. So, yeah, Mac I think breaks a lot of hearts because yeah. they're so progressive in so many other ways. Right. But then they sell. So I guess you mentioned uh, selling in China. Yeah, so, like mm-hmm. the mainland China. Yeah. Mainland China is that um, they you have to you have to test, test on, on animals. animals. Yeah to be safe, quote-unquote, to right. sell yeah. there. So a lot of makeup brands. And it's it's sneaky because I've, I've done some research and there's some brands that say they're cruelty-free, but then you go and do some snooping and they actually do sell in mainland China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, what yeah. they say is they're cruelty-free, uh, but they Fine test product. on animals um, when required by law. Unless yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they do not do animal testing unless required by law, which means that they do animal testing, but they'd rather yep. that they didn't. But So, like, Smashbox did that, for example, when they yep. first came into China, and then they got hit with a huge backlash, and then they pulled out of China. Well, Urban yeah. Decay was going to go to China, mm-hmm. and then because of the backlash, they decided not to, which I thought was amazing, mm-hmm. because it's a huge market. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're costing your bottom line there. Yeah, vote with your dollars. Um, yes. So that, that's kind of some level 10 vegan talk we just had. That's but yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe... Uh, or maybe kind of next step. So I would just well, say... Well, can I just say totally yeah. level 10 vegan? When mm-hmm. I was trying to paint my um, a room in my house, I was like, oh, but paint, 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 paint is not... not vegan? No, not oh, necessarily. And, so and also I wanted to look for paint that was What's in it? eco-friendly. I can't remember what it was. I so I so Because this was about four or five years ago that I had to go all the way to Montreal to get paint. Wow. But I, was, I happened to be going to Montreal. Yep. So I was like, the next time I go to Montreal, that's when I will paint my room because I know oh I can find gosh. that. Oh my gosh! I think that's my list. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Well, yeah. let's just say we don't want to make it difficult for we people. Don't. So do what you can exactly. in the short. Well, I mean, yeah. like the definition of veganism is to do as much as you can, as far uh, as practical as possible. So, like you know, if you can, like for example, um, I know a lot of people who work in construction, and they can only find like leather-based uh, safety belts or like boot work right. boots that are steel toe or whatever. Um, and that, if that's all you can find, you gotta do, you gotta make a living, you right? You can't help animals if you are homeless. Right. I mean, you can, but like, mm-hmm. if you, if you can't support yourself, it's hard to support others. Yeah. You know? And that is why I take this sort of, um, come dip your toe in the waters with me. You know, I'm not an all or nothing kind of person because I don't have any friends in my immediate circle. Well, I, I mean, I have solid groups of friends now who are vegan, but for a long time, there were no vegan friends in my circle, and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. I'm not going to be friends with them, uh, but mm-hmm. they all want to make more ethical choices. Mm-hmm. So you can make more ethical choices in every area of your life, whether it is in how you dress or uh, what you eat or what you, you know, what kind of books you buy. Mm-hmm. Do you buy books or do you buy ebooks? You know, there's mm-hmm. so many ways you can be ethical and. For me, it's not just about the veganism, but about the environment and about zero waste and low footprints. So and there's it, just so much. It is literally impossible it to is, be 100%. Oh, my God. It's uh, so hard. Canadian paper money is not vegan. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a beef towel on it to make it non-slip. Lovely. So there are things we have no choices. Although they are reformulating that. Well, at least the British British, um, mints are, and we, we have the same sort of formula. As the, the pound. We'll, see, we'll see if they right. follow through on it. But yeah. so, so we're going to have to go to cryptocurrency? Is that what we're yeah. saying? Yeah, right, <laughs> to right. avoid it. That's why, I, honestly, I just That's use like okay. debit cards and credit cards the, most of the time because I don't mm. want to. I mean, I use cash, but, but they're like, plastic. <laughs> yeah. But I keep we'll them never forever. Survive. We'll never win. We'll never win. We'll yeah. uh, discussion I was in uh, at the Resort Center a couple of weeks ago on, on a Wednesday evening where uh, somebody raised the. Uh, Cooked grains. Uh, you're bound to find tiny insects in them. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can't avoid it. Uh, yeah. Well, there's lots of stuff on our skin. Even you bring you bring you bring there. fruit in the yeah. house. You get fruit flies. Right. Because the, the eggs are microscopic. Yeah. So there, uh, eggs like that are in grains too, and if they're yeah. kept in a warm place, some of them hatch before you cook. Yes. You know, so, I don't uh, want yeah. to continue along this line of talk. But, talk, no, but, but I do just want to say once I just went to show you can't be hundred percent pure. The, like yes. you do what you can. Exactly. Honestly, and, I do remember and, going into my rice all. jar and seeing like the rice looked funny. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You got pantry bugs. Yeah. I was like, what is that? I didn't it's know a, that could happen. Yeah. Now I know. It's, it, it was what the uh, Mediterranean uh, moth. Oh god, and, and I have no idea what it was. The larvae from the moth are. Okay. I've had I've had pantry worms. bugs. Y- no, know. I've had pantry not, bugs. They're like little something. silverfish or like little. Yeah, they're nasty. squirmy wormies in your. Yeah, yeah, okay. Is it moving? Is it my eyes? No, no, it's moving. Yeah, no, I think it's. Uh, yeah, no. Thanks. Can you remind us where we can find you online? Yeah, after? for sure. It's uh, www. Obviously, whatpriasaid.com, at whatpriasaid on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, and just to leave off with um, some additional vegan tips for people who are maybe looking to try Veganuary, you can always come to the Resource Center here at the Veg offices or the TVA offices. We're at 17 Baldwin Street. We're upstairs. We're open on Wednesday nights from 6 to 9 and Saturdays 1 to 4, and we have a very large collection of books and DVDs and magazines that you can check out. We have a, a... a number of books for sale. We have some um, materials you can take away of like, hey, how do I get my protein? Well, we've got a pamphlet that answers that. We have like some starter kits and we have volunteers here who can answer questions. So we're always available here to help. The veg.ca website, when I went vegan, I went on that website quite a bit to look up some things like where are the restaurants, where, you know, just any kind of question I had, I I went to veg.ca and now we have a guide, the veg guide app that you can download for Android or on iPhones, um, and you can also email us tva at veg.ca with any of your questions. So thank you so much, Priya, for coming in today and Thanks, thinking guys. about what this Priya said. And we look forward to all of your future events and the animal sanctuary. Down the yes, I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> okay, thanks everyone for listening. Until next time, veg out.